Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. This is it. The time has come. Saturday night's all right for fighting. Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night with Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davies. You're better than that. On Talk Sport. Welcome to the Fight Night podcast from TalkSport. I'm Adam Catterall. Pleasure as always to be with you. But if this is the first time that you've uh, ever decided to uh, download this, uh, then please hit the subscribe button on iTunes. Or you can get uh, your Android feeds via the TalkSport website, TalkSport.com. Get yourself stuck in and you'll never miss out on any of our Fight Sports content. And you may have seen that there's a couple, actually, that have flagged up over the weekend because we had an extra special guest talking MMA. So if MMA is your bag... There's a special Michael Bisping podcast out there for you as well, courtesy of the boys here at Talk Sport. Now then, let's get on with uh, a bit of boxing chat, shall we? Now, this weekend, of course, Joshua Boazzi did the business uh, and uh, delivered a sensational knockout blow. Um, but we're not going to start on this weekend's fights. We're going to go back seven days because last weekend, Canelo Alvarez beat Billy Joe Saunders. And the way that that fight ended was Mark Tibbs, who is the head of Billy Joe Saunders' corner, cold time on the fight. He pulled his man out after the eighth round. Well, Mark Tibbs very kindly joined myself and Gareth on the show on Saturday night to talk us through that process. It was a, it was a great, great evening in, in uh, Dallas. Unfortunately, it didn't go our way. But, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant spectacle indeed, yeah. Yeah, it did look it, Mark. It did look it. And I've got to be honest, um, um, my heart went out to you in particular um, as that fight was coming to a conclusion. Um, I said on social media straight after the fight that there's there's a few things that I don't like about boxing. And one of the things is when you get a brave cornerman. Uh, and you most certainly made the correct decision in the period of time that you were given to make that decision. Um, I want to talk about the emotion of it, though, and, and how, how heart-wrenching it is for you when you've got 60 seconds to make a massive decision like that, when your fight is in the biggest fight of his life, 70,000 people screaming around. It must be very hard to concentrate and think and get the right responses that you want. Talk to me about the emotion of that moment last week, mate, when you had to pull Billy out. Yeah, well, to be honest with you, um, you know, I've been in this situation, you know, a few few times in my life. So I guess it gets easier easier as you go along in life. But um it was uh it wasn't very hard to tell the truth and uh it was you know, I felt pretty calm. It was it was a tough decision to make because 
I really felt that uh, Billy Joe was was in the fight, um, and he just needed to uh, you know be long and slick and quick as I wanted it to be. And uh, I wanted him, I wanted him to do the twelve rounds to be fair, and that was the frustrating part of it. But the fight in spirit in Billy, uh, he, he, you know, he fought short at times and he got away with uh, some short combinations. But, um, you know, he's, he, in the long run, against a fighter like Canelo, the pound-for-pound great, it's not a good thing to do. I was looking for the for the 12 rounds to get under his belt. But anyway, getting back to the emotional side of it, it was... Uh, no, I see, him, I see the eye blackened all of a sudden in the, in, in the, uh, the rounds... You know, in the round it happened. You, you know, the right uppercut from mm. uh, Canelo come. So I saw the black. I saw the eye just go black. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't swollen. It was just went black. And then, obviously, when the round ended, um, when the round ended, Billy Joe walked towards me. I was right in there as the round uh, as the bell went. I was in there just as Billy Joe was coming back. I think he was a meter away from me. He had some dialogue with me, very brief, of course, and then. Um, on that dialogue, uh, he spun around, he sat down. Um, I believe one of my corner team was uh, in his ear roll, and uh, that weren't very wise, I don't think, but it didn't matter. I knew I, knew I made my mind up by, by then what was going to happen because when my corner, or when my, the guy on my right uh, finished talking to him, which was, was only about 15, 20 seconds, uh, with my left hand, I believe I, rem- I, I moved uh, my guy Sheldon's arm away from uh, from from his damaged eye mm. and i could clearly see it was uh it was it was sunken you know the, the cheekbone so I, I i gently rubbed it i gently i gently felt it and i tilt um i tilted um billy's head back and i had some dialogue with him and uh and then uh and then i i, I turned around and waved the fight off you know it was very easy for me to do and and Billy Joe go a long way back with him, and uh, I know his parents, his mum, his mum, and his father, and uh, we go a long way back. So you know, I, I felt I was frustrated for the simple fact was that he was in the fight and he was mm-hmm. doing fantastically well, but that one punch changed the fight, you know, mm-hmm. against us, and um, it would have been downhill after that because it was his leading eye, his leading eye. And uh, and you know we, we you know it was just yeah it just disabled us basically. It it must like you say um, I can I can feel how heart wrenching it was to uh, to have that conversation and, and make that decision because like you say you've been together for a long time and and you do go well way back. We saw obviously uh, Billy he looked absolutely dejected in that moment. Have you managed to speak to him since? How is he right now? How has the obviously the operation gone and where where is he at physically and both emotionally in the aftermath of the fight? Uh, to be fair, Adam, um, I have called him a couple of times, and uh, I've got a, a t- uh, I've got a text from him, or yeah, I've got one text from him, and I've called him a couple of times. But he's one of his best friends uh, is is text me and told me and filled me in on the situation, and uh, yeah, he's just uh, he wants to be with his family, obviously, and his friends yeah. right now, and he's dejected. And, and after that, after that, what went on in the corner there? And, and like what you just brought up, he was de- he was dejected. He, he was sitting there, and uh, and I and obviously I always step aside to let the doctor do his work. And 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 he was sitting there a little while. And I said to the doctor, I said, "Listen, have you, have you finished with him yet?" And uh, that's when I spoke to Billy. I said, "Look, Billy, pull that towel from off your head and get up and go and shake Canelo's hands." 
and he did that just as just as I finished my conversation, just as I finished my line bomb, he was gone. And I said, "Why are you there? Shake his, his shake his trainer's hand as well." And he did that, and then uh, and then we trotted off back to the uh, to the dressing room, and then obviously he got seen to by a doctor, and the doctor, uh, you know, instructed a, an ambulance to to take him away and get some, uh, you know, to look into the problem. Mark, good evening. Um, you are steeped in boxing. Obviously, you've been around it all your life, and you're, you know, the the great uh, Jimmy Tibbs, your father, even sparred with Muhammad Ali, if I can mention that tonight. Of course, when Muhammad Ali was over, that's how far you go back. You you understand boxing. Tell anyone listening what a fighter goes through when they've had an experience like this, and how they. Like you say, Billy wants to be left alone. It's almost like a grieving process at the moment. Yeah. He gets over the injury. And then what will he go through in order to get that mojo back, to get that desire back, to get back into the gym, to even come out in public, perhaps? Mm. What will he have to go through? Well, Gareth, you know, um, it's going to be a very, very, very uh, tough time emotionally for, for Billy Joe. I mean... Um, he comes from the community he comes from, and uh, they're very proud people, and um, and it's just going to be tough. It's going to be very, very tough. But listen, how he's got to look at it is um, he went against a pound for pound great in Canelo Alvarez, so um, you know, and he put up a good fight against him. Um, he was uh, he, he put up a good fight until we got the the damage. You know, his, his eye is damaged with one punch, so that turned the fight around. So um, he's going to be tough for Billy Joe, and uh, he's got a great family around him and uh, good support, obviously, with his friends. And uh, so, you know, it's like anything, you know, it's like anything in life, you know. It's a big, uh, you know, it, like you say, it's like grieving. So, you know, it's something that he's got to, he's got to get through it. He's got he's got kids around him, and uh, you know, they'll mm. help him. You look at your kids, your children, and you know, you got to get. You've got to get on with things. Absolutely. No, I completely agree with you. You could have scored that fight um, 5-3 to Canelo, 5-3 to Saunders, or 4-4. I had it 5-3 to Saunders, and I wasn't being biased. I thought 5-6 and 7, as you say. He was coming on beautifully, and I'm sure you were saying to him in the corner, just keep this going, because if you get 12 rounds, this could go any which way, because he was making Canelo miss. Do you, what's your instinct, Mark? Um, you know, out of your gut right now, Will we see Billy Joe Saunders box again? Gareth, that's a difficult question, even for myself, for uh, for you to ask me to tell the truth. Um, it's just something I couldn't answer, and uh, I, I don't really want to answer, really. But um, mm. you know, it's just it's just difficult for it's me. It's too to early. It's too early to say at the moment. Yeah, it's too early. That's what I'm looking for. It's too early, Gareth. But listen, how you got to look at it is look. Look at the career, the amateur career, and his professional career. He's had, um, he, he's had, he's had up to date. I mean, he's uh, he's been a, he's been a, an Olympian. He's uh, he's won all the nationals. He's been an Olympian in the amateurs, and uh, he's he's won. He's been in the European Games and and the World Games, I believe. And and he's uh, he's been a, a, a two-time weight world champion, mm. and 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 he, and he just fought for for the undisputed. So. You know he's um, he's 32 years old. He's um, he's I'm sure he's uh, he's very wealthy, but you know what? There there would be some big fights out there for him on 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 the way he gave an account for himself against Canelo. So 
So I, could, I wouldn't rule that out either. So it's really up to him at the end of the day, and it's a, it, you know it's only just happens. It's not even a week. It's always a week old. Yeah. Mm. I think, yeah, I think the main thing is obviously physical. Get get back physical first of all. Get a hundred percent back. Make sure that all the injuries are sorted and uh, and and you can you can crack on normally, and then make that decision from a psychological point of view of whether he he, he wants to uh, obviously box on. Because like I said, he's still a young man. There's still plenty of time left. He's got plenty of time to make that uh, decision. Um, yeah. Mark, just um, uh, just going off piste here and onto something else because I, re- I read uh, a news story earlier on about uh, Daniel uh, Daniel Dubois. I know that you were working with him, and I was looking forward to that partnership. What's the latest with that? Because uh, I was reading earlier on that uh, you're party company. Yeah, well, regarding Daniel, um, obviously I was out in, in in America with Billy Joe. I was in Fort Ventura at first. I think I spoke to you guys when when he first came on the scene, uh, yeah. Daniel Dubois, and. Um, I, I actually, uh, along the road, uh, I was in Fort Ventura. I, I got my father. I put uh, my father in charge of uh, Daniel's uh, being, tick, being ticked over, so to speak, and uh, why I why I had uh, some some communication with his management. And uh, we worked out we worked out some some things with the management, and we was okay in the end. And uh, I did come back to England and uh, for for three days before I went off to the US. Uh, to, to 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 finish Billy Joe's training camp and obviously the fight, but in the three days I got home, I went and had a meeting with uh, with um, Daniel's managers and uh, Daniel's promoter Frank Warren. So I had a quick meeting with them and uh, we straightened one or two things out. And then yeah, so I was I was appointed as his trainer. But I got I have to, I have to remind you, <laughs> I think I said to you guys in the beginning in the beginning I said look, I'm going to let Jimmy Tibb, my father, and my, uh, my assistant, uh, Stephen Andrews, uh, look after the process. I'm going to send over um, structures and, uh, and, and and training plans over, which I did. I said, but I've got to let you all know, I'm the kind of guy, I need to assess everyone myself. And I've not really been in this position before, having uh, been abroad with, with fighters and then, you know, being, being, in, you know, being asked to train someone else while I'm away. So anyway, so so Daniel was happy with uh, happy with uh, with what I was doing, and, and and he was happy with my father and, um, and and Stephen Andrews. Anyway, so I gets back from America uh, on Monday last week, and um, I had uh, I had a, I had some dialogue with his father, not Daniel. I hadn't spoke to Daniel, you know, in all this time. I hadn't, I haven't spoke to Daniel in like two years. Wow. <laughs> last time last time I saw him was in a. Was in the Peacock Gym years ago, like two two years ago. Anyway, so 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 now I've, um, I'm going to start training with Daniel. He's got a date. He had a date, I believe, on the fifth of June. Frank told me, and so I said, no problem. My dad's been doing bits and pieces with him, and uh, I know exactly where I am with him. He's had uh, he, he had some good sparring while I was in America. I set some sparring up. I set I set some easy sparring up, some intermediate sparring up. I also set some tough sparring up for him yeah i wanted him i wanted to get feedback to see how he handled uh, uh tough sparring and anyway so uh getting back to when i met him in the gym on uh on thursday just gone so i get back from america i had a meeting with him on thursday and um daniel i met daniel in the gym and uh we had some uh we done we done some bits and pieces and uh we've done some bits and pieces in the gym with him and you know what? And um, 
we did have a we did have an agreement in place, and after that session, I've got to be frank with you. Daniel is a lovely guy. Daniel's a lovely guy. Uh, he had a beautiful smile, and I wanted I wanted to help him to tell the truth. I wanted to give him time, and I wanted to work with him, but. You know, something was. Uh, I've been through this situation before with uh, with another guy I used to train, and I just felt I didn't want to go down that road again. And uh, I wasn't happy with one or two things, and um, I went away. I think I was meant to. Uh, I think I was meant to do something with BT Sport on the Thursday at the gym I was using, and uh, I just got cold feet on the on the contract. To tell the truth, I phoned. Uh, I phoned uh, Frank Warren up. I told him how I felt. I think he was surprised a little bit, and uh, but he understood. And because uh, you know we go back a long way. Uh, Frank Warren he used to manage me years ago. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, so so he appreciated my 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 uh, my, my conversation with him. I said now I'm going to ring um, um, his managers, and, and and I did that in Tony Bowers, and I informed them and. Uh, I wanted to give him a bit more time to get uh, to get to appoint a new trainer, and uh, and uh, obviously we didn't have a lot of time, so um, I've done it as quick as I could. So that's 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 how it went. And uh, but I wish Daniel. I thought I see potential in Daniel. I see potential in Daniel, but um, it was just um, I just didn't want to go down the same road which I've been down before, and I, I don't want to go into too much detail. But Daniel's a lovely, lovely guy, and. It hurts me a little bit because he had such a beautiful smile when he seen me, <laughs> and uh, it's such a beautiful smile on his face when he seen me, and it was really, really lovely. But you know, I just felt that um, I just felt that um, I just felt that's the way I felt, and uh, that's how I, I ended. Uh, uh, my, you know, it never went anywhere, so that's that was how it went. Yeah, Mark, Mark, we've got to go to break in a minute. But I just want to ask you one more thing about um, Daniel Dubois. Because um, because Adam's got to take us to break, but yeah. is he going to go on and be a world champion in your view? I hope so, Gareth. Um, I hope so. Um, you know, if I could uh, if I could uh, tell fortunes like that, I'd be a bloody <laughs> you'd, be, you'd be called Mystic Mark, wouldn't you? Yeah, Mystic Mark. Yeah. <laughs> One of the most honest people in the game. There is no BS with Mark Tibbs, and I'm sure you got that from that conversation. Um, speaking of no BS, there's no BS with uh, Joshua Boazzi. He was sensational at the weekend. Um, I think it's only fair that you hear from him first before we review his fight. Gareth caught up with him during fight week ahead of his performance on Saturday. You've yeah, been out of action since October. What's happened to you in the last seven months, Josh? A lot of things have happened, but I think the main one that you're going to touch on straight away is the addition to the team, adding Virgil Hunter to the team and just being in the States training. I, I, I've said, Gareth, man, I'm willing to do anything to learn and to improve um, and to add to what I have. And that he happens to be in the States, so that's where I happen to be. But it's all to improve and to, to add to my Arsenal and myself as a fighter. I mean, I, I know you fairly well. I think I can say that and I've known you a while. And I was really delighted when you teamed up in the Bay Area with Virgil Hunter. And I'm glad he's well again because he had his own health issues. Yeah. But why I loved it, you have a template in the way you box that 
he developed with Andre Ward from his Olympic gold. He developed a guy who was seemingly unbeatable, mm. who used really clever ring skills and everything he had, and not a distinct style, but people found it very hard to unpick him. And you mm. have that in a way. You're almost like an open book in the way you could learn things. And I wonder whether you've had that conversation with him or even thought that about that journey that Andre Ward had with him. Yeah, no, we've spoken about it a lot of times. And I think the most important thing though, Gareth, is to say that Ward is Ward and I'm myself. And I think you might see things that he he does that I am going to do as well, but I can't say, you know, what I've been taught by his trainer is going to come out like how he does it. It's going to be different, man different styles, different fighters, we think different, we act different. Yeah, like it's going to translate how I fight and how I am as a person. That's how it's going to come out. But, but, but Virgil has that ability to discuss with you your boxing intellect, doesn't he? And that's what's fascinating. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think going there, you say, oh, I want to improve my boxing, Virgil. And that's what you keep saying. But he says it's the IQ of boxing. And since I've been there, I have to say like, the IQ of boxing that I've been open to, that I've seen, I'm like, it's a different level, Gareth. So yeah, definitely you're right. The IQ of boxing is important. Being based out in America, where there's a lot more people there, I know it's in the middle of nowhere, the gym, isn't it? Like right on the waterfront. You know, have you enjoyed being out in the Bay Area as well? Yeah, absolutely, Gareth. Like you couldn't get me to walk in England for five minutes. If we're going somewhere, I need you to park very close to the destination. But in the States, I'll go hiking for an hour and a half. You see what I'm saying? The views, like you said, out there, they're amazing. Um, never seen anything like it. The weather's great. Um, and like I said, the views are cool, man. So when I do have some downtime, I'd like to drive to like a drive to a nice spot and there's a nice trail you can follow for like an hour, hour and a half. And it's, it's very nice. Running on the beaches? Not quite yet. I haven't, I haven't done that yet, to be fair with you. But maybe next time when I go to San Fran, I'll kind of see the beaches that they have. But... It's just mainly um, the hiking, the views. The runs are hard as well, man. They, oh, the hills in San Fran. Oh, my goodness. I'm just remembering one of the sessions that I did. Boy, never seen anything like it. But apparently, it's the, hill, it's the most hilliest city in the world. Could be right, could be wrong. But from what I've seen, I'm like, yeah, I can see why. So you're, you're American sojourn at the moment. I, I, is, do you intend to do this fight and then you go back to train there and have periods in the UK? Is that kind of, is that set for you now? Yeah, that's the pattern to do my camps out there and to just try and learn as much as I can with what Virg teaches and to just keep it adding to myself. So yeah, that's that's that should be the format from now on, Gareth. Last October was a tough fight in some ways, wasn't it? You had to go through something. You know, you had your nose bloodied. I don't know if it was broken or not, but you, it, you had a tough few rounds against Marco Banich, wasn't it? But you came through, your, your power came through, your resilience and your will came through. You finished him. It was a decisive kind of um, TKO. 11 knockouts now from 13. Are you a year away, three or four fights away from kind of... Callum Johnson fight, Anthony Yard, and I'm leading to, you know, obviously uh, Arta Baturbiev and Dmitry Bivol. But maybe if the timing's right, the eighth British fighter to fight Saul Canelo Alvarez at light heavyweight. You know what? I, I think that, that's bad. I, I didn't even think of it like that because, like you said, if the timing is right, in regards to the British ones, Gareth, I think 
we've all got to be like on the same platform at least for us to start thinking about that mm-hmm. and i think it's obvious we all would fight each other that's one thing i have to say about the british ones um in terms of the world level ones how far i am i think activity has to come before i challenge for a world title and that's what we've put in plan this year to be as active as possible starting off from saturday and then we aim to get two more fights in before so i think before i start talking about any world title fights activity is key um, so like i said we'll kick start with with this this fight on saturday and then we have we have two more in before the world um the year ends so that'll be three and then we can say okay cool we're active we're improving what do we do next do you want to be on that card in Saudi Arabia if Joshua and Fury do fight? I do, man. I've been having some thoughts about it. There's pros and cons with boxing on that card, but who wouldn't want to be on it? And then the flip side is that everyone's going to be so consumed with the main event that if you're on it, you may not really get the coverage or whatever you want, but it's going to be a global event. The whole world is going to be watching it. There's pros and cons. So, so you'd like to be out this year in, say, in August... And then in a November, into yeah, yeah, yeah. And in that at that stage, I know you. Do, I know you don't project ahead, and I know I'm pressing you. Are you not in a hurry then to get to that world level yet? Do you still feel, you know? I remember when Amir Khan went to learn with Virgil Hunter. Virgil said, "There's, you know, he's got a skill set. If I could just make him apply himself, there's another fifty percent there. Literally another fifty percent." Mm-hmm. And, you know, they had a great partnership, those guys. You know, I mean, I don't think Virgil wanted him to fight Canelo because um, he felt that Amir was too small for Canelo. But I'm yeah. sure Virgil will want you to fight Canelo, you know? I, do you know what? I haven't asked him, but about the, the current situation, yeah, I think they were... I don't know what happened too tough about that, but they did partner up for that fight. It didn't go Khan's way. But um, in regards to me, whether I'm in a rush, I think... I more want to be prepared and I'm more true about the situation. Like I want to say that I did have the learning facts that I needed to. Um, so when I get to the top level, I don't want to say, okay, cool. He won it in this fight and then he lost it in his next fight. No, I want to hang on to it and to just keep propelling forward. So, um, yeah, I think it's, it's more about being prepared when you get there. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with, uh, with Joshua Bowatsi next. Because for me... That match, that matchmaking tonight was poor, very poor, given the standard mm. that Joshua Boazzi has been at previously. Yes, okay, you can make the argument that Santos had an unbeaten record, but if you look at the guys that he's beaten, not one of them's got a winning record. It was very, very padded, and he was well out of his depth with Joshua Boazzi. You could tell that he was uh, a deer in the headlights early doors. Just having a conversation now with Boazzi's head coach, uh, Virgil Hunter. So... Uh, I'm sure he's getting a few words of consolation and Boatsy's there with him as well. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with Boatsy next because he needs... He's elite. There's no doubt about that. And he's going on to bigger and better things. The next match for him is very, very important because he can't be fighting lads like that every single time. He learns nothing. Absolutely. I've got to say that there's, there's, there's a massive amount of emotion in the ring from Dos Santos tonight after this. I really do hope that even if he tells them he's okay, that they do take him to hospital tonight and get him checked. Absolutely. I don't like the way he's pouring his head with his, with his hands. If he's got any kind of headache, I really do hope that, they, that he, he's, he's distraught in a way that you don't normally see um, a boxer in a ring afterwards, you know, unless they've just lost their world title. I mean, they're showing replays on the TV of the knockout now. Massive um, right-hander. I called it an uppercut, but it was a big chopping yeah. um, 
overhand right, you know, kind of bolo punch almost. Um, horrific, horrific. He went down so hard and then he chopped down with the right hand as he went down. I think, you know, the, um, the, the trouble is he came in with a 15-0 undefeated record, but I just had a look on BoxRec, you know, and his last eight opponents had losing records, i.e. they had lost more fights than they'd won, and they'd won Adam. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and mm. you know, that's where... Um, sometimes we, we have to look deeper into these things. Like you say, very, very odd and maybe not very good matchmaking tonight um, in that I think you're right. Um, Watsi, like you say, definitely elite. Um, we knew that from, from the moment we saw him at the Olympic Games in Rio in 2016. Not only is he teak tough, he's the fantastic shape and height um, a natural weight for 175 pounds. He's a he's a diamond of a man, an absolute diamond of a person. Deeply religious man, but I tell you what, when he goes in there, he means business, and he carries the eye of that tiger every single time he fights. Before we move on to uh, the majority of our other guests from Fight Night at the weekend, the performance of the weekend for us was Jason Cunningham becoming the brand spanking new European super bantamweight champion. Uh, and straight after the fight, we got on the phone and got him on the show. This is what he had to say. To be honest with you, if you think about it really, the last time I boxed was obviously uh, before the pandemic kicked in. It was February last year, so yeah. and that was just a four-round tickover fight. So really, I've been out of the ring for over a year I've come straight back in at three weeks' notice into a 12-round European title fight, biggest fight in my career. So uh, On three yeah, weeks, like you said, that's another thing. Three weeks' yeah. notice. Well, I always stay in the gym. I've been working out, uh, you know, working in that gym hard throughout this pandemic, helping Terry Arthur sparring. I went down sparring with Michael Conlon, the former opponent as well. So I'm always keeping myself in some kind of shape. Um, but like you say, I just, <laughs> we kind of got the inkling that obviously you have fire on this bill. Uh, I was ranked by the EBU and that he's just obviously tried his hardest, busted his, uh, I can't swear, can I, busted yeah. his, his, uh, his We bits, know what he's yeah. busted, yeah, he's, he's yeah, busted his yeah, bits, busted yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, he's busted his bits and uh, he's managed to get it over the line, it just feels like everything happens for a reason and it was meant to be tonight. So yeah, I'm absolutely uh, ecstatic. Jason, can I reiterate what Adam was saying and what everyone is saying on social media right now, because um, I had the yeah. monitor on while we were just starting the show. It was a fantastic performance, but not Thank not you. only with your brilliant boxing and your brilliant left hand tonight, where you found him so many times and dropped him in the second, fourth and the sixth, but you yeah. did brilliantly at the end when he gave everything he had to try and yeah. get you out of there. I mean, amazingly in your career, you lost to a Yafai in your first fight, didn't you? Your first pro fight, you know? Uh, no, it wasn't my first fight, but like me... Uh... It was Third the or fourth. super flyweight tight, yeah. So when I fought Cal, uh, yeah. coming yeah. over a little bit too light for me that way division, but obviously yeah. Cal was a class operator. They're both class kids. Uh, good yeah. boxing from any of the brothers. Yep. But, but yeah, but, but, it, yeah, I got tipped on that night, didn't I? But, <laughs> you <laughs> did, you. but you've you've always like what's brilliant is when the non-house fighter gets the victory. You know, you've had losses to Reese Bellotti, Jordan Gill, and yeah. uh, and Michael Conlon. You know, you never get a fair shake, to be to be honest. And no, I've always been in the away corner, aren't I, as well? And exactly. Like, um, yeah, hopefully now, obviously, the winner stays on. Eddie will put me in home corner, I'm hoping. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, listen, I'm always one for taking risks, like I say, and I always keep myself well prepared anyway. And uh, tonight or my night, we weren't going to be denied. And if I'm telling you now, I've been brutally honest, 
31 year old. I know I mean I know I'm in my best years and in my prime, but there was no way I was starting again because I've done it from the bottom on the small shows, selling tickets, this tickets that, um, just grinding out for years. And if I got beat tonight, I told Steffi before, and I says, mate, I says that's me. I says I might just have one more swan song at Doncaster Dome if you like, and that'll be me because I'm not starting again. So there are a Amazing. lot of riding out for me tonight. Yeah, that's Steffi Bull. That's Steffi Bull, your manager. You're talking about as well. I wonder yeah. how much because I, you know, you're a Donny man through and through. I wonder how much that you're and you're very close to to the McDonald twins. Jamie McDonald um, retired this week. Yeah. Uh, this week, eight days to the day where um, he'd fought and won against Julio Seja. Um, I was there that night at Keep Moat Stadium. I'm, I'm sure you were. Um, I boxing, yeah, I boxed You were boxing, there you go. Exactly. Wait, um, <laughs> how, how much would you like to take it back there now? And how much did those guys help you and inspire you along the way? Well, believe it or not, I've been on FaceTime to Jamie in changing rooms after I spoke to Gav briefly. Obviously, it was a bad, bad signal, so we got cut off, but uh, they were absolutely buzzing for me. And obviously, we're having a lot of success. For a little town, obviously, we've got Terry Harper. Uh, she's leading the way as a world champion. Maxie, I'm now a European champion, yeah. And Maxie, you was a British champion. So, to have a British, European and a world champion Oof. in a town, it's not a city, it's a town in Doncaster, uh, that's some going. So, uh, obviously, there's a lot of success coming out of the town. Hey, mate, there's going to be a few people moving to Donny. They're, they're obviously breeding, they're breeding them yeah. somewhere up there, aren't they, eh? That's it. There's a good buzz, confidence, and success be success. No, absolutely. Um, now, I know that you've just mentioned there about activity. The pandemic's been a bit of a nightmare for everybody. And I know it might be a little early, celebrate the European win, but when do you want to be out next? I don't know. Obviously, I've not even thought about it. This is still sinking in at many times. <laughs> the only thing I've been thinking about, I've been on FaceTime to my daughter. I just want to get back to her tomorrow and have, uh, have a bit of uh, family time with her. Obviously, I can eat again now. So, um so, yeah, I've not, I've not even thought about it, to be honest with you. But, Listen, um, I don't think you're going to be I short think... of offers, mate. I don't think the, no, I don't think the phone's yeah. going to be dead. There's going to be some calls <laughs> no. coming in, I reckon. Definitely not. And I've obviously, yeah, I've impressed a lot of people tonight. Like I said, I've had no end of uh, compliments just to one performance. So, we'll just see where it goes from here. And, and uh, I don't know how you guys found it, but I'm never using the adult fight. So, did it did it come across well on TV and stuff for a decent scrap? Or... Are you being serious, mate? Listen, we've just said it would perform. You won it. You, I, for me, for me, Jason, you won it far wider than the cards yeah. reflected. As very well, harsh, by them the cards. Way. Very harsh, them cards. Very harsh. Yeah. And, yeah, it's a good job I put him down three times uh, uh, listen mate you did yeah. and, and not only did you put like I said at the start of this not only did you put him down with, with, with the shots and the shot selection that you were going for the boxing was beautiful as well mm, as I said yeah. the, a career best so far and hopefully there's many yeah. more to come mate congratulations well, yeah you, thank you I, I was just going to say that I've just been in a taxi on way back with Virgil Hunter obviously on day <laughs> uh, one we were talking obviously we're having, we're having crap we were always found it and stuff and I just said uh, we said oh Jason tonight we'd explain he, he were a 20 I think he were on points 28 to 100 dog he's got really he's going he says that's virtually he's supposed to lose isn't he oh, I'm, I'm trying to put yeah, I'm catching on here. but anyway you're basically supposed to lose aren't you he says how is that possible he says this is beautiful man he says beautiful backhand so it was like for me to hear that from somebody who's renowned as it yeah, or, uh, yeah wow, it was a feeling yeah. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Uh, now, this week, you are going to see something quite rare. A fight to become undisputed. Super lightweights are on deck in America. Josh Taylor taking his belts over to challenge Jose Ramirez for his belts. It's an absolute firecracker of a fight, and we cannot wait for it. Gareth caught up with Josh Taylor this week to preview it. I've been enjoying your pleasure at being up in lights in Las Vegas, you, you, I know you've been there before, but I've seen you enjoying the spoils of the mansion, the fast car. I know they're just small trappings, but you really look like you're enjoying it out there. I am, yeah. You know, it's, um, I'm just enjoying the ride, Gareth. You know, I'm enjoying the, the whole experience, you know, taking it all in. You know, obviously, I'm, I've been training real hard as well. I've been training flat out like, like a Trojan, you know, like a machine, but you know, I'm, I'm enjoying myself while I'm here as well, you know, going shooting some guns and enjoying the whole Vegas experience too. So, yeah, I'm making the most of it while I can, Gareth. You know, it's, uh, it's all memories for later on in life as well. So, yeah, it's, um, I'm, um, I'm definitely soaking it all up and enjoying every minute of the ride. I'm even enjoying the team runs. Yeah, even enjoying the team runs in the morning, getting up and doing runs and, and stuff like that as well. So, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's good. There's a good vibe in the camp and, we're all, we're all bouncing off each other. Yeah, we're all buzzing. Does that help you um, that you have got like a camp in Vegas and there's a bit of glamour and glitz around it and it helps you feel that given that there's only a limited crowd and there aren't, say, thousands of Scots travelling saying we're fighting for our freedom with Josh Taylor? Yeah, is a, that bit is a little bit frustrating, you know, but it's still the same thing as a boxing ring. There's still fans going to be there. And it's the same thing, you know, the fans are going to make noise, which, which is good. So we've enjoyed every single minute of this year. You know, I've got, I've got three of my good friends out here with me. So it feels more enjoyable and more, more like a team, more like a family kind of unit, you know. So it's, it, feels, it feels really good rather than just being isolated away and just purely boxing and thinking boxing, boxing, boxing all the time. And I'm getting away from it when I'm having my days off, I'm getting away from boxing, relaxing, recharging the batteries, which has been absolutely brilliant. And this lead up to this camp, 
it's shown in my performances in the gym. You know, I'm relaxed, I'm happy, I'm, I'm switched on, I'm still focused. And, but the days off, I'm relaxing and completely switching off from boxing and it's given me that chance to recharge the batteries for the next week ahead or the next few days ahead. And it's really good. We're all mucking in together and there's a good vibe here in the, in the house with all the boys. It's been great. Does the tartan tornado go down to the strip and put the odd chip on a table or not? Uh, we've not been we've been down once or twice, you know, um, but not too far. Just dipped our toes in and right back out, which is why um, we've got the house away away from the strip rather than staying in the hotel and near the strip, you know, because that's where the distractions are. They down at the casino and late nights spending maybe your money and doing this and gambling and you take away from your the, takes away from the training. Why the purpose? Why we're here? So we we purposely rented the house away from the strip. For that reason, to come away, we can st- we're still relaxing, enjoying ourselves. Put swimming pool at the back, you know. All the lads, we've got a, a couple of decks of cards and a poker set in that here as well. So we're having our own little Vegas trip in here as well, and taking money off each other, and that is good. So we're having a good laugh, and we're going into the strip every now and again, maybe just at the weekend to see it and stuff like that, and walk around and do a little bits and bobs, a bit of shopping and things like that. So yeah, it's been good. There's been a good, a good uh, mixture of work and relaxing and it must be a relief to have actually got over there because there were suddenly all these restrictions weren't there about traveling and i know you went a couple of days later than you wanted to go but it must have been an enormous relief when you got the exemptions to travel with the team that you needed around you yeah i mean they, they hit us with like i think it was about four or five days before we were supposed to travel over um they hit us with oh, you might have to go to Mexico. You're going to have to go to Mexico and quarantine in Mexico for two weeks and then jump on a plane again and come to a different time zone again to Vegas and adjust again two weeks before the fight. And uh, I just says, absolutely no way. He says, if you're making me do that, put the fight back, the fight's off. You know, it was... Um, mm. um, so you would have pulled the fight if that had been the case? You would have pulled yeah, 100%, it, yeah? 100%, yeah. four weeks before the biggest fight of my life. Um, unification fight, having to travel to Mexico. Um, a different time zone, get used to the food, get used to the heat over there and get settled in and then two weeks pack my case again, jump on a plane again and up to Vegas and settle in again and all that and then settle in for a week and then jump into the bubble and then go and settle in the, in the bubble again. It would just it would just be absolutely a nightmare. I said, there's no way. This is the biggest fight in my life. You know, we spoke to Top Rank and the guys got it sorted out. Fair play, they got they got their they got their working hats on and they did the work and we pulled out the stops what they needed to do and we were able to get over there, which was uh, fantastic. I, I also saw that you got the opportunity to use the punch bag that is Tyson Fury. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've seen that. He's been doing that a couple of times. Talk us through that one. Yeah, it was good. We were just uh, we were, me and Ben and I were finishing our pad work and our training. He was jumping in and you know we're having a bit of a, a crack carry on and. Like that, and I sort of shaped up to him a bit, and he went, he went, go on in, go on in. So I gave him a couple of a couple of whacks to the stomach. Um, it was good, yeah, it was really good. It looks like you've got a good group of sparring partners over there as well. Talk us through who you're sparring with. Yeah, the last three weeks I've had I've had good uh, good combination of sparring. You know, I've had Chris Congo. You know, I've used him for a lot of my fights. He, he's very good. He's very competitive. He knows me very well. He knows how I tick. You know, so he keeps me sharp and and uh, switched on in sparring. He can do it all, Chris. You know, he's very good, very competitive, very versatile with his style. He can box, he can fight, he can move and things. He can do it all, so he keeps me switched on. Been using him. And we've also been using the young guys coming through. Um, Stephen McKenna from Ireland. 
Um, he's he's very much like Ramirez the way he comes forward and throws his punches and things like that as well. And then also for the same kind of sort of movement and style and power and that, I've uh, been using Samuel Vargas as well. So I've been getting a great a great uh, variety of sparring and uh, they've kept me on my toes and I've, um, I'm, in, I'm in awesome, awesome shape. Do you feel the sense of history in this fight as well? A lot of people have said it and will have said it to you. You will become the first Scotsman since Ken Buchanan to become an undisputed champion. It's a historic mm. moment for you in lots of ways. Is that something that is inside you when you think about it, that it motivates you more, that, that, that you can create history with victory on Saturday night? It's a massive motivator, you know, because it's a chance for me to achieve greatness. You know, it's, it's a chance for me to really, really cement my name in the history books and, and leave a legacy in the sport as one of Britain's best boxers as an undisputed four-belt champion. I'll be the first person in Britain to do it, first person in Scotland to do it, and then be the first Scotsman to be undisputed champion since Ken Buchanan as well. And it's just a, it is a, a massive, massive uh, history piece to be made. You know, so there is fire in my stomach to, to make sure that I win this fight and, and really cement my name in the history books and uh, leave my mark in place in the world when I'm long and gone. Best of luck to the Tartan Tornado. She'll be an absolute barnstormer of the fight. And, of course, a recent guest on TalkSport was Jose Ramirez, wishing both men to come out of that fight uh, with everything intact, but they are 100% going to deliver us one hell of a fight. Should be a belter. Now, one man that has been um, talked about quite a lot on social media over the last seven days is Demetrius Andrade. We all saw him get Crash Canelo's press conference. We all saw Canelo... Give it to him big time in English as well, which has gone viral around the internet. Well, we thought, let's get Demetrius on the show. Let's get him to talk about that situation and what he wants next in his own career. And let me tell you, this is as fiery as it comes. Here's Demetrius on uh, Just um, just weak, you know, not a true champion. Um, Just... More excuses and, you know, really not showing, you know, you really want to fight the toughest and the most technical best fighters out there. That's not what you're looking to do, um, you know, which I understand that because it ain't easy getting in the ring with somebody like me. But, um, you know, if, you, if, you're, if, you're, if you're claiming to be pound for pound, you must be able to take what comes in line to be pound for pound. And that's somebody like myself, maybe a lot of people ain't doing it, but that's somebody like myself challenging you. That's, that's a real challenge on top of it. Not Calm Smith, not Rocky Fielding, not your dumb, and not even Joe, um, Billy Joe Saunders, um, but uh, a real challenge that's going to come to win, you know? Um, the, the situation of that then last week, uh, where, where that, where he then obviously has a, has a go at your resume, you have a go at his resume, you're both going back and forth. What what do you want to happen? Where do you want to... What, what First of all, what weight do you want to fight him at? Because you're currently the middleweight champion. He's up at super middleweight right now. Where do you want to meet him? I mean, it doesn't matter. I was 154, he was 154. I was 160, he was 160. I'm willing to go up to 168 if that's what he wants to do. It doesn't matter. We're both in the same weight class and that's called the middleweight divisions you feel me so mm. uh, whatever whatever it takes to make the fight happen i'm willing to do it um and um you know just 
there, there was opportunities, not once, but twice when I was champion, which he was claiming to want to, you know, be undisputed at the 54, at the 60, and now 68, which he had the opportunity twice by fighting me, and he didn't pay no interest in it and decided to fight everybody else and go a different route, you know? I mean, I was trying to fight I was just going to say on, on that, just just to elaborate for our audience, just there was a time when you were you were champ, he was champ, but he opted to take on the Kovalev fight. But um, I'm led to believe, and I don't no, know. There Go was before that, before that, the very beginning of the was when I was 154 champion, the WBO yeah. 154 champion. Mm -hmm. Canelo was my mandatory at one point. He was my mandatory. He was number one to fight for the WBO. I don't know what his situation. I can't remember. But he chose not to do it. He was like, oh, he doesn't really want to fight for belts or whatever situation. Or he, his excuse was something else. I can't remember at all. I get stripped for inactivity. And as soon as I get stripped for inactivity, the vacant belt, the two fighters that are fighting for the vacant belt, my vacant belt that mm -hmm. I lost because of inactivity once again, yeah. mm -hmm. was Mia Smith and Canelo. Mm -hmm. And so that's one, you know, two. He said he wants to be undisputed champion 160. So he ends up beating um, Triple G, which he has all three belts. Yep. The only belt that's missing is me, the WBO, Demetrius Andre, who I was supposed to fight Billy Joe for Billy Joe's had the, was the champion at the time. I was off 15, 16 months. He was active. I, they asked me, do I want two tune-up fights or do I want to fight Billy Joe? I said, no, I want to fight Billy Joe. I want to get right back where I need to be. And so the the match was going on. Mm -hmm. We signed up for Vada, the gold standard, the gold, like, drug testing program out there, the gold level, the best level, A level, paid for it. And he, he tested positive for steroids. And so that fight didn't happen. So he gets stripped. I've been continuing to fight, become the WBO champion. I defended the champion, um, the belt, my championship, one, two, three, four times now. And people keep saying, like, when am I going to fight? I deserve the big fight. When, 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 when? Triple G is not looking to make a fight happen. Charlo's not looking to make a fight happen. And the only other person um, out there to make the fight happen was Billy Joe, who was going to help me be able to get a 168 pound championship for the WBO to mm -hmm. be able to throw a monkey wrench, to be able to say, yo, Canelo, I did everything you did, everything. I might have not fought everybody because the circumstances, you know what I'm saying? The business part, the politics. I might not have been able to fight everybody you have fought, but I'm champion in one, two, three weight classes. So Canelo goes, right? And says no, 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 no. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to lock in Yudum, right? The, the guy he last fight. I don't know how I pronounce his name. I'm yeah. not looking to pronounce his name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, whatever his name is. And then all of a sudden he's locking in Billy Joe. He tries to lock in the two fight deal um, because you know Billy Joe says I'm not waiting to May because it's about it was all about money at that point. You know what I'm saying for the Billy Joe side, it was all about money. Either I get the money that I'm looking for. Right. Let me just sum it up for people. I get the money that I'm looking for, or I'm going to fight Demetrius Andrade, which I know you don't want that to happen. Because if Canelo really cared about 
fighting whoever has the belt, he would have allowed me and Billy Joe Saunders to fight. We would have still made millions of dollars. We would have we we would have fight, and then the winner would have got a lot more money to fight Canelo because now it's a more prestige belt because now it's like two undefeated fighters went at it, and now the winner gets to fight a Canelo. I think that's the biggest Jordan Canelo, you know, trying to stop me from fighting Billy Joe and him fighting Billy Joe. Like, nah, let's see who really is the best. And then we can sit here and say what he said. I don't fight nobody. Well, I tried to do that with Billy Joe and you stopped it because you you out of A side. You have the luxury of picking whoever you want to pick and the zone and yourself do bring, you know, good numbers. I, I'm not, uh, Canelo's a good fighter. I like Canelo. I like a lot of people that fight. But if you're in my weight class, I don't like you. I have to fight you. Yeah. I have to get boo, in my boo, way. Boo, get boo, get boo. in my way. Boo boo. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of really appreciate your position and your frustration at of the course. moment. Yeah. But one, one of the like, things you might have to consider is, and I wonder about this, would you go up to 168 to fight him as well if you have to pursue him up there? Yeah. Yeah, we already talked about that. So anyway, so... You know, like I'm trying to, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to put myself in that position to fight Billy Joe Saunders. And what weight is Billy Joe Saunders at? Yeah, 168 pounds. So, so me trying to fight at 168, not me go up to 168 and um have my hand in the air like pick me, pick me. No, I'm going up to 168 to throw a monkey wrench to beat Billy Joe to okay. say now you're looking for that last piece again. It's me again. I had the last piece in 54, 160, now 168. But he stopped it. I couldn't do it. At the end of the day, for Billy Joe, it's, you know, it's business for him. He gets an opportunity to make some money fighting Canelo. And then he got an opportunity to fight Canelo, who was an honorable opponent as far as, like, you know, resume and all the other stuff. Somebody that people want to get in the ring with because he's known for pound for pound. And if you beat him or give it a close decision, there might be a, a rematch. So... I'm not mad at the way Billy Joe took it because I would have done the same thing if I was mm. in his position. But, 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 but Boo Boo, um, what, what are you going to do in the interim? Because it looks yeah. like Canelo's going to head towards Caleb Plant, isn't he? Because he wants to unify, uh, he wants to win the IBF title and win and unify the super middleweight division. So what do you do in the interim? How about fighting Chris Eubank Jr.? Who's chomping at the I mean, bit yeah, that's that's the that's the, that's that's one person. Listen, it's never been about me fighting anybody. Chris Eubanks, if they want to fight, then we're gonna fight. It's not about me fighting whoever. I'll fight whoever is in line to fight, who whoever is willing to fight me. If Chris Eubanks is willing to fight me and it makes sense, then we're gonna fight. Like, that's it. I like I don't pick nobody. The promoters, the matchmakers, they do what they do. I have not had the luxury of picking anybody I have fought. I never picked anybody. Anybody. And the people that I ask for, it doesn't happen. So whoever is willing, whoever is able, whoever feels like they can beat me, whoever feels like I'm the weakest champion, which they all say until they get in there with me, then come bring it. That's it. And come take what you want. And unfortunately, it doesn't go that way. But if Chris Eubank is the fight that needs to be made or is the fight to make in the in the midst of thing yeah i don't mind beating him up either <laughs> I, I, I do i do genuinely like what you said two minutes ago gareth i feel um 
Demetrius's frustration. I really do. Because yeah. at the end of the day, you've been doing your thing at 154, at 160. And now you're, you, 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 you're not shy in coming forward and chasing for the fights. You, you know what I mean? You're not reserved in it. You're saying the things that everybody wants to hear. You're chasing the guys that you we, we, we want to see you fighting. It's just a shame that these fights can't get over the line. I mean, for me personally, I don't know about you, Demetrius. For me personally, if Canelo is obviously doing what he's doing with Caleb Plant, I would love to see you and Charlo do it at 160. That would be an unbelievable unification. Yeah, of course, you know, and he, I ran up on Charlo at his press conference. The meet, the, 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 it's out there. It's not like Canelo's the first person I ever done it to. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I've done it with Charlo, both of them, two times, three times maybe. I, 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 I seen them in there in their fights. Like they never come to my fights. Don't nobody come to my fights that is doing that. Ain't no Triple G, no Charlo, no none of them. There's not. I'm, I'm going to. You know, go out my way to go go to their fight, go to their press conference, and let it be known, like, yo, bro, I'm here. I'm here. Let's fight. Let's make something happen. And then you're gonna get what you get. But nothing happened. Same thing with Triple G. I I run up on Triple G in the ring. I wasn't even allowed to go in the ring. I had to sneak. Yo, I had to sneak in the ring. This is bad funny. I had to sneak in the ring to go and press Triple G. Yeah. So it's just like it's like what well, like what well, I'm not fighting nobody, but who wants to fight? If I'm this easy walk in the park, if I'm just as easy horrible walk in the park type of fighter, right? So if I'm that, why not beat me up and send me on my way like you did to Rocky Fielding, like you did to James Kirtland, like you did to Amira Khan, like guys that's out your weight class, guys that hasn't been you know really focused in the sport of boxing that has. You know, let the you know outside life get on, get get the best of them in some situations, and you know, at the end of the day, I'm 30 and 0 with 18 knockouts, and I've been a champion for a long time. I'm 2008 Olympics, you know. I mean, I, I mean, my 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 pedigree speaks for itself, you know. Yeah, okay, like I said, oh, I haven't fought nobody. I haven't fought, you know, I fought I fought people. I fought people. I fought Willie Nelson, right? Let me just put something out there. I fought Willie Nelson, who, right, knocked out. Tony Havison, who Tony Havison beat Charlo, right? Okay, boom. I I beat Vanez Matarosian, who was 33 and 0 with 30 knockouts, a 2004 Olympian. My first world title challenge for the belt, I had I beat him to become champion. And yes, Brian Rose, your guy out there, Brian Rose. Mm-hmm. I fought Grady Brewer, who knocked out Fernando Guerrero. Right, who was the Dominican sensation? Who was beating everybody up? Who was knocking everybody out? He was, he was supposed to walk through Grady Brewer. Grady Brewer knocked him out. The next fight was me, and I beat him because that's the type of challenge I'm looking for, and those are the type of things that I'm looking to do is get in there with people that's going to make a difference. But it's hard for me to get these type of fights. Boo boo, can I just ask you, um, what the, the style you have, which is very admirable, you're very hard to hit in the ring. Why is it in so many of your fights, and I mean this totally respectfully, you're so heavy-handed early on very often, and then when you settle to comfort in the ring, you're just so elusive, and then you end up boxing people. Where's that style come from? I mean, you know, that's just the energy. <laughs> you know, you know. I mean, you know, my, my thing, you know, I got my own game plan, and it works, and... Um, I know I know how I know how to adjust, and at the end of the day, I know it's tough for me to get in the ring with people. So you know I'm gonna do whatever it takes. I'm gonna get my rounds in. I'm gonna do what I, what what I need to be doing. That's not getting hit. 
And at the end of the day, you know, people like to say, you know, you know, knockouts, knockouts, knock somebody out. I have 18 knockouts, right? Um, right? I have knockouts, right? And then on top of it, um, who's actually knocking anybody out? Did Billy Joe get knocked out? No, he got stopped. He got, but he ever go down? Did Colin Smith ever go down? Did Danny Jacobs ever go down when they fought? You know what I'm saying? Like, who is really knocking out, you know, guys nowadays when you speak about, like, people saying, like, get the knockouts in. Is knockouts really going to, if the knockouts, is that really going to get me the Canelo fight, right? If that's the case, put it in the contract. Say, knock you, this guy you, out. Hands on heart, Canelo. you beat Canelo, yeah? Hands on heart, you completely outbox Canelo, yeah? I'm going to go in there and give Canelo f***ing hell. You feel what I'm saying? Hell. I don't know what it's going to be. It, it might be a toe-to-toe fight. It might be a boxing lesson. I don't know until I get in the ring with anybody what 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 what, what I'm what I'm going to do as far as the game plan and as far as making adjustments. You are listen on this, fire. You're on fire. On fire, man. I could sit here all night. We're let, just letting you giving it giving it the I, big I, one. I love it. I can't get enough of it, man. Demetrius, thank you so much for giving up a bit of time and joining us on the show. I really hope. I really hope that you get that stellar fight next, my man. And I know that it might not be Canelo because he's got the Caleb Plant thing and he's going down that route. But I know that Triple G's not got a date yet. I know they're talking about Murata and stuff like that, but they're talking about the back end of the year. There's two guys there. There's obviously, we mentioned Charlo. It's not like we're short of names. So let's try and get one of these big names for Demetrius Andrade and let's get a big fight set up for maybe September, October. Does that Does those dates work for you, Demetrius, or do we want to go earlier? No, and wait, and one last thing was mad funny, right? What what I what I seem to hear, like it's like you know, like oh, I don't fight nobody, I don't fight nobody, I don't fight nobody, or whatever, whatever, whatever. It's like okay, so help the press, right? You guys, I, I appreciate your time. You know, it, I I need the press, I need the media, right, to back up like the fights that we really want to see. Absolutely. And the fight is that you guys know Absolutely. who's going to give it all, who's going to give their win, lose a draw, win, lose a draw. I'm going to give it my all. You feel what I'm saying? Like, there's no, I'm going to give it my all. I got so many tools to to use, so I'm going to give it my all. But thank you guys. God bless you. God bless everybody out there that tunes in. And um, you know what I'm saying? Just stay healthy. So there you have it. There's all our boxing guests from Fight Night at the weekend. Hopefully you've enjoyed the podcast. Don't forget, you can subscribe via iTunes. Fight Night is what you're looking for. And you can also get us on our website, talksport.com, for all Android feeds. There is a second podcast available to you because our guest of honour at the weekend was the Hall of Famer himself, the UFC, or should I say, former UFC middleweight champion of the world, the only man to do that from the UK, Michael Bispin. He's got an upcoming UK tour. We spoke about that, bit of life story, and got his thoughts on currents going on. Uh, in the world of mixed martial arts and the UFC in particular. So if you're into all that, make sure you download that podcast because he was on fire and it's available via the same outlets that I've just been speaking about. Um, Enjoy your week and we'll catch you next time. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 